Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip answers your questions, such as what's happening in the market today and how do I learn to trade? Plus, focus on the next play. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. All right. Um, I don't even know if I want to comment on what happened last week because it feels like every time we get tired of one thing happening, something else happens. But I hope everybody is safe, healthy. I know everybody's somewhat warm now. My thoughts and prayers go out to the folks that are still dealing with damage from the house for the houses and all that. This is just a whole, just a whole mess, right? I, I, I tell you one thing. I've learned more about energy in our grid system in the last week than I ever uh, knew. But let's uh, move forward, get positive. Let's talk about making some money. So first question, what's happening in the markets today? And that's literally a question I got earlier this morning. Some, I had a client ask me, hey, what's going on with the markets today? Because the markets are, you know, down, up, down, down a lot. You know, the day's not over yet, but it's probably going to finish down. And this is a continuation of the market just acting weird off and on all year. But let me explain what the, at least from my view, what the market is is thinking about. And so you got a couple things that are going on, right? You have basically asset prices, very, very expensive everywhere in the U.S. And you have expensive because the Fed is putting money into the system lots of different ways. And in addition to that, as that's happening, you have interest rates beginning to rise, right? And think of rising interest rates like a needle that's going to pop a balloon, right? The higher it goes, the closer it gets to the balloon, and it pops it. And so interest rates are, have risen a lot over the last few weeks. You know, you might say, but it only went from like one point whatever to one point something. Yeah, but it's, it's the rate of rise that worries the market. And so... As interest rates rise, that makes expensive tech stocks less attractive, and it it signals a rotation to more value-oriented companies, right? And so the the bubble in the more expensive stocks will, if the interest rates continue to rise, pops, and people move more to things that are generating uh, cash flow today that are selling relatively cheaply, not growing as high, but selling relatively cheaply, right? And then there's kind of a, you know, a room for that because if it starts running too high, that's that's no good for, for, for all asset classes. And so that's what's happening, right? You, you're you looking at typically, you know, and, and, and the other part about what's happening too, just to sit on this for a second, is when rates are rising, it's hard to hide, right? Because you, you know, they're, they're not good for tech stocks, which a lot of folks are over-invested in. When rates, when r- rates rise, bond prices go down, so your bonds are not protecting you. And so it's not it's not a you know it's not a market for the faint at heart because normally right normally when when stocks go down bonds go up but when you have a situation where stocks are going down because rates are rising you're like well, what do I what do I really hide and that's that's where you 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 just have to, you have to deal with the volatility and you have to position your portfolio 
uh, appropriately for the next cycle, right? And so this is this goes back to what I've been talking about all year. You talk about where you know where we are, right, in the cycle, and you need to know what asset classes do well at different points. And this is maybe somewhere I haven't gone before, but you you have to also like deal in probability. So let me give you like an example. Just because rates rise, it doesn't mean the economy is going to falter, right? So so you can say, okay, if it's just rates rising a little bit and we're going from growth to value, right, tech stocks to value stocks, then I'll put all my money in value. I don't know if you can do that because if we go into like an economic recession, value stocks are not going to do well either over that period of time, especially if you go into a full-blown deflationary period similar to what Japan did, you know, for for, for 30 years. And so you can't, that, that'll be, you know, really tough to just go all in on value stocks. But then, so, so then you got to like game theory it out. You got to say, okay, but maybe I, maybe I sell off some of my growth and maybe I own some value, but I want to own value that's quality, right? And then you may think about layering in to your value. I want to own specifically in the value space, maybe some oil and gas companies, maybe some mining stocks for gold miners, silver miners, but you want to kind of narrow in what type of value because in, in because what's what was causing rates to rise or what could be causing rates to rise is people is is the dollar going down in value people people not wanting to have a lot of money in dollars for a lot of different reasons right you got china and them basically recovered from covid doing well they signed that great deal with all the aging companies at the end of last year that our current past administration you know dropped the ball on cuz we were not involved in that deal at all. Japan was involved. Asian countries were involved. China has a good deal with Europe, and so we were the big player left out of the out of the big deals. And so that's the you know. So it's like, hey, these places are cheap. They're recovered. They dealt with COVID better. They recovered. U.S. stock prices, U.S. asset prices are expensive. So you kind of got that dynamic where dollars becoming lower in value because of that, and then also because people are anticipating a lot of money printing for stimulus because because what they also know is that they can't allow the party to stop for too long because there'll be the whole system is built on a deck of cars that that basically needs high prices and which is a cause for wealth inequality which is a whole other episode but the point is you you, you do that and you say all right cool so going back to what Philip said or what I said before if I'm knowing that Tech stocks are super expensive. U.S. assets are really expensive. The U.S. government's going to have to money print because in the past, the majority, if not 100% of the time, countries and the U.S. has printed money to get out of the system. Okay, what assets do well when they print and what assets also do well when money goes out the U.S. and goes over overseas and what also does well when the U.S. economy even picks back up, which is, again, part of part of what this might also uh, be. And you say, okay, yeah, oil and, oil and gas companies do well, gold mining stocks do well, and overprinting. So you kind of you got to understand all the pieces, and it. it'll allow you to, to tilt your portfolio towards those areas that I mentioned that can do well in a variety of different environments, right? And it's, it's called, and, and it's diversifying your bets, looking at the whole picture, right? And it doesn't mean only put your money in those assets, right? It means be well diversified. Because another client asked me, hey, Philip, if if you have this outlook, why not just go all in on one area? Because I don't because nothing's guaranteed. You could you could always be wrong, or your timing can can be off. I'm highly confident this will play out sometime over the next five to eight years, right? But I also don't want to have dead money, you know, for 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 a couple of years. And so you 
you want to you want to diversify. So if if you know if a normal portfolio, like let's say a neutral portfolio has five percent in emerging markets, forty percent in the U.S., and you think emerging markets is a better play, you may reduce the U.S. to some number less than forty percent and increase emerging markets some number, you know, more than five percent, depending on your confidence in your analysis. But that's further than what I want to explain. That's what's happening in the markets today is the market is figuring out what's the next step because rates are rising and it's signaling a, uh, a potential change of regimes, right, which also could reverse back, right? So, again, diversify. Next question, how do I learn to trade? I, I've actually gotten this question a lot of times over the last, I mean, really five years, but more and more over the last couple of weeks and I don't have a good answer for the way the question is being asked because when, I, when I've dug deeper on everybody who's asked me the question, what they're basically asking me is, <clears throat> hey, and cause they'll ask, hey, what's a book or what's a video I can watch to learn how to trade? And I'm like, mm, that's kind of like asking a surgeon, how do I do surgery? That's a lot. Right? You got to understand biology. You got to understand all these factors. And because there's people in the marketplace that are – you know, I talked to a lady who put in five grand. She has 700 grand. She doesn't really know what she's doing. But when the market's going up aggressively and everything's going up and you're applying options through leverage, like you look up and you make money. Like you don't really know what you're doing, but it's not hard to make money in this market. But when that turn happens, when, 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 when folks blow up and lose a bunch of money. So they're seeing their friends make money. And which is separate from, do you know what you're actually doing, right? It, I use the analogy when the ice was upon us last week. It's, we have like a lake in, in our neighborhood and a lake froze over. And so the next day when the snow was coming out, it was like these dudes standing in the middle of the lake. You know, the lake can like melt at any time and they could fall in it. But they were standing in the middle. Now, it's, it's not that, you know, it's, our, this lake was shallow. So maybe they wouldn't drown, you know, unless they hit their head on the ice, which is a possibility. You know, but but the point was, that's how people are in the market, right? They're they're out in the middle of the ice, and people who know what they're doing, they're like, I'm going to stay here on the edge, right? It's less fun, which translates into, I might make less money than the folks that are willy-nilly doing leverage in a bubble market, which is which is being in the middle of the ice when it's melting. But that's what's happening right now. And so it goes back to the question, how, how do I learn to trade? I mean, it's a lot, right? You, you and, and people, some people think, uh, you don't, you don't want to answer the question because you don't want people to do what you do, and you want to like, no, it's not that. It's, it's, it's more like, I mean, I, I'd, I'd sold investments for eight years after a four-year finance degree and read hundreds of books and watched hundreds of videos and went to, you know, hundreds of <laughs> seminars before I even thought about managing money. And then I worked on a committee for two years next to an actual money manager where we managed you know, close to $90 million together before I even started managing money on my own for other people. So, right, and, I, and I, in between time, I was still reading tons of books, and I still, on all aspects of finance, I'm always reading and listening to something. So it's kind of like, I don't I don't know one book. There's not one book or one course for you to take because you need to understand economics. You need to understand all the different investment approaches, value investing, growth investing, venture investing, Right, you have to understand all the different asset classes and how they move together, right? Because until you turn over all the rocks, and then learn what you like, and then go real deep on what you like, which takes a while, there's no trading book that's going to tell you that. Now, what I've done to help appease the question, and I give this long answer every single time, as I've said, hey, 
Go to Amazon, read everything that Trader Vic, which is Victor Sperandio, all his old books that are on Amazon. Read what he does because he he was one of the best like actual traders, somebody who generated income from trading, you know, out there, and he made the majority of his money on just on trading. Not even he, you know, not just managing money and getting paid two and twenty. Like he made a lot of money just just trading, and he has a a very sound approach, right? He's an OG. And he mixes technical analysis with fundamental analysis very well, and, and so I figure, so I, so I I feel like if you read what Vic wrote, not that you're gonna adopt his style, but if you then read other stuff or take other courses or other books that are counter to what that base gives you, then you can know what's BS and what's not BS, right? It's kind of like one of the best things that I that I did accidentally as a kid was my you know my dad had me in church all the time, and so we, you know I read the Bible and heard all the stories. But as I got older, it's not even that the Bible is more wiser than any of the other religious documents. It's, it's like if you want to know truth, go go read something that's beyond the current experts because the current experts have has some some bias of some sort, right? They're gonna their expertise is gonna be leaning towards some sort of bias. So go back to read dead people's <laughs> wisdom as as far back as you can go, and then you'll find you'll find like foundational truth, right? And so then if you know with the with the knowledge from the Bible, I'm able to say, oh yeah, here's a principle that that is time tested that works. And this person basically is repeating, repackaging that principle. This is a good principle, right? Or somebody, you know, for example, you, you can read any religious text or any old text and you can and you'll know that there's no such thing, you know, fast money is is there's no sure way to make fast money, right? And fast money fades quickly. And so you just so today you know okay cool if I'm if I'm going to a seminar and somebody's saying oh you can put in ten grand and guarantee you're going to make five grand in, in twelve months you know that's bullshit or yeah, whatever I can say that Steve said I can say the s such it word because it's not one of the curse words right it's not one of the seven curse words where was I going again but yeah so this book gives you a good foundation but you're gonna but that's then you're gonna have to go read the Three, four, five hundred books. Put in the time. Put in the hours. Learn yourself, because there's no, like, nobody can sit in for, with you for two hours and teach you how to trade, right? Or there's not one book that teaches you how to trade. So you got to do the work. Let's go with the. Here's the last question, and we're out of here. And this is actually not really a question, right? This is more just like a, like a principle of just life, business, and investing. And it's like it's an analogy that talks about you know, the best athlete. So if you think about Steph Curry or Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, keeping it in the basketball lane, what what they do better than I think most is they're always focused on the next play. They don't dwell on the last play, right? When they, you know, they shoot the ball and they miss it, they're not they're not thinking about, oh, I really missed it, right? Or if they're super hot and they made 20 in a row, they're not, they're not thinking, oh, I made 20 in a row, I might miss the next one, right? They, you know, they're, they're locked in, they're focused on the present, the current play, and they forget what happened before because they, they did the preparation in advance, so they know they know their game. And this is true, like, and specifically in investing because I know a couple of people who will make an investment decision and they'll miss out or make a bad decision or just some some negative will happen and they'll, they'll dwell on it. You do want to take time and, like, get the – the difference between basketball and life is if you make a bad investment, you can take some time and you can process the mistake you made and make that part of your rules. But once you, and it doesn't take long, once you do it, 
let it go because it's, you know, part of life and business continuous learning, right? You don't have to, you never got to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. You just want to be better than you were uh, the next day. And so learn this stuff, get out there, but don't be, don't judge yourself and don't be too hard on yourself for the past mistakes you made. Learn from them and then forget it. Just move forward. Like take the, take, take the lesson, write it down and then just forget the, you know, don't, don't think back or don't dwell back on what actually happened. Like stay focused forward. Right. And, and I'm sharing this because I know a lot of people that they're getting held back on their investment performance because they're dwelling on, I got started too late, or I made this bad investment, or this happened in the past, or I made this mistake, and it's making them gun shy for what they need to be doing moving forward. So those are those are some some wise words that I learned uh, from a good analogy from a podcast that I've, I'm, I can't even give credit to the person who told the story because I forgot, but they were, they were talking about what good players do. And I was like, yeah, that's true. That's true in investing, too. So that's the show. Y'all enjoy your week. And we'll be back on our regularly scheduled program this Friday. Talk to you later. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.